Ladies and gentlemen, the Conservative Daily Podcast is back. Max is here. Joe's here just to tell Max how much he likes him. And now your hosts. Oh, you know who they are. Maddie Max. Unmute yourself. Unmute yourself. Unmute yourself. Oh, my gosh. Can't hear you. Still can't hear you. Nope. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. It's got to be on your side, Max. It's got to be on your side, Max. Oh, man. He disconnected for a minute. So I'm going to stay on for a minute. And then uh, there's a, we're going to be talking today about how Democrats plan to bypass the filibuster. It should be a great hour. I'm going to tell you that when Max comes back on, I'm going to hand it off to Max. I've got to go get some work done. I eventually have to get this this IPO-like thing, this crowdfunding deal that we have going, I got to get that actually uh, finished. Um, and we have a couple of hurdles that we have to overcome. I know you guys are, uh, are patiently waiting. We also have the sticker deal that we're trying to get up and make sure the store is done um, and developing some relationships with different organizations um, that can help as well. Um, I do have one request for everyone as Max gets back on, um, and that is uh, the NRA. So the NRA is an organization that obviously uh, bankrupted itself in, um, in uh, New York, moved itself down to uh, Texas. Uh, now we're facing the uh, left publicans of the Texas regime. And what, you know, what is really happening with the NRA? Now, before we start talking about the bypass, the filibuster, I have some concerns. And, but along with having concerns, I do recognize that the NRA has played a large part in lawsuits and as well as the Second Amendment Foundation and other organizations in preserving our Second Amendment rights. And so uh, they, I have a meeting with them tomorrow, the NRA, uh, having a conversation about how they can be more transparent with the American people and make sure that they're preserving our Second Amendment rights uh, without apology and without compromise. So um, I, I, well, I guess we'll talk about that later on this week. Max, are you back? I am. Can you hear me? Ah! We can hear you. Absolutely. I, I feel like the old Verizon guy. Well, before we, before you're able to jut out of here, yes, I was laying down, closing my eyes, but I was still listening. And just in case you thought you could sneak it past me at minute 21, you did say the word trash. You did say the word I trash. Did. You tried to catch yourself. You tried to catch yourself, but you're not going to get by that easy. So Mr. Bruce, we have that queued up just preparation. Today's synonym of the day is spilth. Yes. S-P-I-L-T-H. Spilth. The act of basically spilling filth. Definition, the act or instance of spilling. Something spilled or refuse rubbish. Rubbish. So uh, spilth is your The left of the are day. spilth. Yeah, they, spilth. Are, they are trash. They are spilth. They are the effluvium. liars. They are effluvium. Detritus. Detritus. The, uh, off-scouring. Off-scouring. <laughs> Deadwood. We're going to learn all these. Everyone's oh, this is all great. These words. And by the way, you're going to start <laughs> using these words when you put them oh, out yeah. there. Hashtag the, yeah. the left Dr. are spilth. I smell a t-shirt. I yeah. smell a t-shirt, yeah. And, and yeah. in case you guys are wondering, I am not going to go, and we are not going to go an entire episode without saying this, but the left are pedophiles, rapists, liars, and, and spilth. closet racists. They're spilth. And they're spilth. They're spilth. And guys, when I say that, I say, listen, and people say, I'm not, I'm not a Democrat that's like that. You're complicit. Then you should be walking away from the Democrat Party because they are trash. They are spilth. They are deadwood. They are yeah. effluvium. Off scouring. Yeah. Don't Off forget scouring. that. That's one of my favorite ones. And we <laughs> are not, we are supposed to be on, uh, back on YouTube for the second hour. Uh, it doesn't look like we made it back on YouTube for the second hour. Josh, can you hit this hit, hit go? Yep. 
So all right, we'll, he we'll, just hit go now. All right, so good. Now we'll be up on. on <laughs> so we'll be up there, there in a second. Well. Yeah, that was totally me. There was a lot going on with the changes. I I blame me entirely, but I would like to take the moment to let everyone know that we do have this donate button that appears on the the screen on all of your yeah. stuff. Hit that because we need all the help we can get. Because if they have me around for a very long time, then they're going to need another producer. I think that's probably where yeah. we're going. That's why we need that donate so button. We yeah. we are live on YouTube now. We are live. Everyone on YouTube, apologies, Mr. Producer Josh forgot to hit go live on YouTube. We had some technical difficulties with me trying to get on, and, but uh, and, we should be live now. And guys, we are actually going to a different format on the website. You'll notice we made some major changes on the website going live. We are only one of less than a dozen organizations that can go live on the website, actually live on the website. So we're actually live right now. You can see us and we're live on other platforms. Um, so we've built out some pretty great technology. We're gonna be adding things to it. You can give us some feedback on what you'd like to see in the comments. Uh, we are going to be changing some things, giving you some more access to, uh, we'll have some moderators and we'll have other people that can engage in and writing stories. So we want to make Conservative Daily and we'll have other podcasts. So we have Modern Patriot, which will come out every Friday. Uh, you know, Tig is on a trip right now, so he won't be here, I don't think, this week. We also have other things. I have a friend of mine who is a, um, a black conservative. That is not a unicorn, by the way. That is something that is actually very, very common across this nation. They're just trying to make us feel like that's not the case. Um, and so he is going to be doing a podcast as well um, on Conservative Daily underneath it. I'm not going to tell you what it's going to be called, but he's, he's thrown around some uh, pretty clever uh, words. And he wants to just talk truth, right? He wants to be able to talk truth about um, what's really happening in minority communities, disadvantaged uh, communities across the nation. So great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah. Yeah, great, great, great stuff. So um, I'm going to take over now, Joe. You got other things to go to. Uh, I got to go. Gonna... I got to go get some stuff done that I'm, I've been waiting. I got to meet with lawyers and try to get this this uh, crowdfunding stuff finished, uh, so we can get that across the finish line. We have literally been working tirelessly, and and lawyers and and banks and everyone else yeah. telling us what we can and cannot do, and making sure that we obviously protect your investment. The big thing for me is that um, although it's great to say that hey, we're starting this this thing where we can build up um, entire environments of, of uh, data centers and a cradle-to-grave solution. We want to be able to work with others. We know Mike Lindell is coming out with a, a video platform that will rival what's happening on YouTube. We have some technology we've built out that allows for people to go live. So we're going to offer some of that to other people and some of the technology we've been able to build to uh, as we increase, in, increase the pipe on not our website, but give it to other people as well. We know that President Trump is actually coming out with a new platform, social platform that should be out in the next four or five months. So there are some amazing things that are happening along this. Uh, but, but although we want to do that and it feels good to, to give to that, we want to make sure that we're we're creating something that has sustainable wealth for for those that want to preserve um, us as a country. So boycott and yeah. boycott, really important. And before I leave, last thing I want to say is this hour is also brought to you us by my pillow. My pillow, and you can save up to sixty six percent with code CD twenty one. I want you to understand that the sixty six percent off is not as important as supporting my pillow, getting a good night's sleep, um, and just making sure that. We're doing everything we can to support Mike and his efforts. So, And before you leave, we do have a second sponsor for today. Oh. Today's episode of the Conservative Daily Podcast is sponsored by the number one ten thousandth. Go ahead, put up my screen, Mr. Producer. That's point zero zero one. The CDC now admits that there's only a one in ten thousand chance of contracting coronavirus through surface 
transmission. Today's podcast is brought to you by the number one ten thousandth, which is the likelihood yeah. of catching coronavirus by touching something. A far cry from what the CDC has been telling us for over a year. Yeah. Well. All right. All right, Joe. Enjoy it. Gentlemen, ladies, I will see you later. Have a great day. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. And, you know, God bless those people. All right. You're acting really like hard. a politician. Just go. Go. <laughs> Kissing babies. Just go. Everyone, welcome to the second hour. Going to be a little different this hour. Not going to be talking about what we talked in the first hour. Going to be talking about this new Democrat plan to bypass the filibuster to push through more reconciliation bills. I know this is not a sexy topic in any way, shape, or form. There's nothing sexy about parliamentarians and parliamentary maneuvers. I know. But I want you to stay with me because this is very important. What they just announced yesterday is very important, and the left are going to use this to try and ram their entire agenda through Congress. And we're running a fax blast today. Fax blast is in the comments section. Sorry, it's in the description on Facebook, in the description on YouTube. If it's not there, hit the refresh button. And it also is a panel on DLive running a fax blast to stop this because they're literally talking about ramming through everything. Gun control, HR1, uh, immigration reform, the Green New Deal, the tax hike, the infrastructure, where they claim it's for infrastructure, but only $600 billion out of the $3 trillion actually goes towards roads and bridges. Wanted to ram all of this through without a single Republican vote. And Joe Biden saying, oh, it'll be bipartisan. Even though there's no Republican votes, there's a Republican somewhere in the country who supports it. So therefore, it's bipartisan. So this is a really big deal. So join the Facts Blast. We have that, again, up in the description on YouTube, Facebook, and a panel in DLive. Join the Facts Blast and help us put a stop to this. Okay, we're going to do a deep dive into this. Actually, before we do, this is crazy. A friend of the show, Keith Jones, brought this up to me this morning. Uh, there's not going to be a time to do this later in the show, so I want to just do it now. Remember we showed that video of, of Pete Buttigieg pretending to ride his bike to work? How he, he claimed he rode his bike to the White House from the Department of Transportation, but in reality, he just like grabbed the bike out of a out of a van, out of an SUV, and rode the last couple blocks. Well, that was fact checked. We didn't get fact checked, but other people who posted it did get fact checked, and it's by our friends. And I use that very very loosely over at leadstories.com. Put up my screen, Mr. Producer. So they showed the same video, and and <laughs> they said fact check. Pete Buttigieg did not stage a short bike ride for a photo op. And they said that anyone who claims he did is a pedal pusher. Well, those are fighting words. What really gets me is the bottom part. We'll get to this part down here. DJ Judd is one of the Twitter users who pushed out this video, which we showed it. I can, actually, I can play it here for a little bit. Um, you can see Buttigieg. You're not going to be able to hear it, but Buttigieg pretending to ride to work when he's having his security pull the <laughs> – give him the, uh, the bike so we can go the last couple of blocks. Um, that was ruled, we're not allowed to apparently say that he faked it. And this is the reasoning. This is really, really funny. So they mentioned the fact that Buttigieg retweeted that video and he said, great way to get around. And Elite Stories, this is why they say it is false to claim that he faked it. They said, quote, if the video showed what the post claims it did, namely that Buttigieg staked a fake ride for the press, it seems unlikely that he would have chosen to share it as that might increase scrutiny. So even though we just all watched it, we watched it the other day, you can watch it now, it's obvious that he is having his security help him onto his bike so he can ride the last couple blocks. The lead story says you can't say that 
because since he retweeted the video and laughed about it, he wouldn't have done that if it was fake. So we have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Just wanted to make sure we all know, lead stories, again, bottom of the barrel in fact-checking. Bottom of the barrel. And that's saying something. It's a very deep, deep barrel. Okay, diving into this. No more lead stories. No more count from, <laughs> from Sesame Street. No more jokes. We got to dive into what this parliamentarian nonsense is. Go to my screen. This woman, her name is Elizabeth McDonough. You won't know her. She is not famous. Let me make it full screen for people who, so they can see. Oh, not, not, not that much bigger. Elizabeth McDonough, not famous. If you walk past her on the street, you'd have no idea who she is. But she holds the lever of power in D.C. because she is the Senate parliamentarian. The Senate parliamentarian gets to decide what can and cannot be added to pieces of legislation. So there are lots of rules in the Senate that say you have to have something that's germane. You can't have a bill on infrastructure and then throw something random on some unrelated topic. So she stops that. She also makes sure that it complies with the rules, which when it comes to reconciliation is very important because we've talked about this on the show. The bird rule has to be germane. You can't just start throwing anything. It has to be related to revenue, um, expenditures, or the debt ceiling. Those are the three things that a budget reconciliation bill can include. If it doesn't include those three things, then you technically need to hit cloture. Cloture is 60 votes. You need 60 votes. Let me zoom out. 60 votes in the Senate to end debate. Technically in the Senate, you can pass a bill with 51 votes. That's true. On the final vote on a piece of legislation, it can pass with 51 votes, but you can't get to that final vote without getting 60 votes. Meaning a, a supermajority in the Senate has to agree to end debate. And in this situation where we have 50-50 Republicans, Democrats, unless there are 10 Republicans who say, yeah, this is an interesting bill. We should let them pass this. Unless 10 Republicans step forward and vote to end debate, nothing can reach that final vote and pass. That's called a filibuster. There's a speaking filibuster, which is Mr. Smith goes to Washington, where you just talk on and on and on, kind of like I do on this show, on and on and on and on and on. Um, and then eventually you pass out or whatever. That's a speaking filibuster. There's the unspeaking filibuster, regular, normal filibuster, which is basically refusing to end the debate. So the debate goes on and on and on. And the other side just gives up because they have other business to attend to. So Elizabeth McDonough, you won't, you won't know her. She's not an important person in the sense that you're not going to see people getting her autograph, taking pictures with her. But she's the one who gets to decide what can and cannot get put in reconciliation bills and what can and cannot pass through regular order. So the reconciliation process, we've talked about this on the show, is the way to get around that 60-vote threshold, get around cloture. And to put it very simply, let's imagine that you create a budget. Congress doesn't really do this. They don't really create budgets. They pass appropriations, but they don't really pass budgets anymore. Let's imagine you do a budget. You say, okay, you, you talk to your husband, talk to your wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. And you say, okay, I think we're going to spend X amount on groceries this month. We're going to spend X amount on medical care. You go down the list. A week into the month, a family member breaks their leg. It's okay. They're, they're safe, but they had more hospital bills than necessary. So you go back to your budget and you say, okay, we budgeted this much, but we were really off. We really need to fix it, not only to make sure we can pay for that, but to make sure we cover if other people have to go to the hospital. So you go back and you amend your budget. That's pretty much what budget reconciliation is supposed to be. You go back and you look at the appropriations package and you say, okay, we got this right. We were off with this. Let's, let's amend it to make sure that we're, we're covered for the year. So you're allowed to do that th theoretically three times in the Senate, though usually it's only once because you take the tax, the spend, and the, and the debt ceiling, you roll, roll it into one bill. 
Well, they've already used that one time. They used that one time with passing their stimmy. The stimmy. That's what the kids call it nowadays. The stimmies. Need that stimmy check. Stimulus. The stimulus package. Remember the one that passed with no Republican votes because it was <laughs> insanity? Yeah, they used this reconciliation process for the stimulus package. Well, now they want to do it again and again and again. They want to just keep doing it because they're drunk on this power. They just rammed through $2.9 trillion, I think it was, $2.9 trillion stimulus package. And they didn't need a single Republican vote to do it. So they're like, wow, well, wouldn't it be great if we did this with gun control, if we did this with immigration, if we went down the list? So that's what they want to do. That's what they want to do. Really important news. They weren't allowed to do that until the parliamentarian issued a ruling yesterday. Go ahead, put up my screen. This is from Politico. Democrats can use unprecedented mood for an extra filibuster proof bill, Schumer aides said. The interpretation of a new ruling could give Democrats significantly more opportunities to push their priorities past GOP opposition. So the parliamentarian decided that, yes, she agrees they should be allowed to have more than one. So forget about the fact that under Trump, you're only allowed to have one. Uh, this supposedly nonpartisan parliamentarian now says, OK, Democrats get more than one. Right now it's two, but maybe it'll be three. Who knows? Who knows? So they get to keep doing it. So Schumer has come out, we can take this down, Schumer's come out and he has a threat. Either the GOP passes the bill as is, and we're talking about massive infrastructure, we're talking about health care, we're talking about child care, amnesty for illegal aliens, even gun control. We've talked about this on the, on the show in the past. Biden's gun control proposal would take the assault weapons ban and instead of banning them, tax the hell out of them. So yeah, inst instead of banning it, so you, uh, you can't own that anymore. Biden's plan says, okay, you can own it, but you have to pay a tax. And the tax would be $200 per offending rifle, pistol, or shotgun, and $200 for every magazine that can hold more than 10 bullets. Now, <laughs> that's a lot. You don't need a huge gun collection to start racking up a significant tax burden. Well, last time I checked, it would be well north of $10,000, probably closer to $20,000 if I can even find all the magazines I own. There are magazines that I own from World War II that would be banned. Browning High Power, would, their magazine would be banned. Um, M1, Car M1 Carbine, their magazine would be banned. So you're not allowed to own any of that. But when you start even a modest gun collection, you own two AR-15s and eight magazines, bam, that's $2,000. Who has $2,000 laying around, even just for a modest gun uh, collection? Well, if you still have a lot more guns, do you really have ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 laying around just to pay the government for the continued privilege of owning these guns? No. And, and the gun control ad advocates know this. So instead of banning, they want to tax you out of submission. And if you refuse to pay the tax, well, if you're ever caught with those guns, just like basically they're trying to take the National Firearms Act for machine guns, silencers, suppressors, short bowed rifles, trying to take that and apply tax stamps. So it's, it's quite literally, if you're ever found in possession of this stuff and you don't have a tax stamp, it's literally just a piece of paper. It's, it's an actual stamp. If you don't have that, you're a felon. So yeah, they either get you to throw away your guns because you can't afford it. They, you pay all this into the ATF just to fund more gun control, or they just wait you out. Eventually you'll get caught and you'll be prosecuted. The reason I say that is they've created and taken gun control and turned it into a tax. One of the things you can do with reconciliation is pass new taxes. So in this way, yes, they can impose gun control on you as a tax. So it is entirely possible. They can do it. And now the parliamentarian says they don't even have to wait till the next fiscal year. They can just go with it right now. Just ram it right through. I mean, Schumer was giddy 
yesterday, excited. But that threat he gave to the GOP, the threat he gave to the GOP was if you don't give us exactly what we want, we're going to take exactly what we want. Yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? I mean, <laughs> either you give us exactly what we want the way we want it, or we're going to ram this through and nothing will change. We'll still get exactly what we want. That That's the Democrats' idea of a compromise. <laughs> and the idiot Republicans are like, oh, no, don't do that. We'll give you everything you want. Just please, please don't savage. Don't savage the Senate rules. We can't handle that. Please don't, don't <laughs> be foul. Don't off-scour, to use some vocabulary, off-scour the Senate rules. Please, 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 please. They're so important. We'll give you what you want. That's the GOP's response. That's the GOP's response. Not everyone, but establishment, like rhinos. Yeah, that's their response. The Lisa Murkowski's of the world, who is, by the way, losing her primary. I believe her the, the primary polling, 15, 20% down. It's a little different in Alaska. They're basically going to do a jungle primary. And then whoever the top four contenders are will make it to the general. So it's not, she won't lose out just by losing to a Republican. Interesting how they changed that to help protect her. But she's no, she's not even leading for her own race. The Republicans leading. Interesting little tidbit. But yeah, the Republicans are like, oh no, please, please, please. Don't change the rules. Don't change the rules. I, I, could, I couldn't bear it. It would just be too much. And they're like, okay, let's talk. So the Democrats only have, don't even have to do what they say they're going to do. Republicans fold like a cheap suit. It's incredible. And the rule that they are using, the, the part of the law that they are using, that the parliamentarian is using to alter the interpretation, it's section 304 of the Congressional Budget Act of 1974. You got to put up my screen, Mr. Producer. This is where I said we're getting into the weeds. We're going into section 304 of, this, of the Congressional Budget Act. Act. And this is what it says. Section 304. At any time after the concurrent resolution on the budget for a fiscal year has been agreed to pursuant to Section 301, and before the end of such fiscal year, the two houses may adopt a concurrent resolution on the budget which revises or reaffirms the concurrent resolution on the budget for such fiscal year most recently agreed to. Basically saying we're allowed to edit the edit. So typically when you read this, and it says they are they may adopt a concurrent resolution. You start thinking, okay, well, they already did. A is singular, they already did. But the parliamentarian is saying, okay, well, yeah, we've always interpreted this to be a singular one. But you know what? I think you should be allowed to amend the amendment. And then maybe you'll amend the amendment to the amendment. And on and on and on. And this is why it's sinister. Let's go ahead and take this down, Mr. Producer. Donald, right now, we are operating under an appropriations package that was signed by Donald Trump December, I want to say 27th or 29th, right after Christmas. Donald Trump signed this into law. He signed into law the appropriations package saying what the federal government can and cannot spend your tax dollars on, what the government can and cannot tax you for. What Schumer and Pelosi, because she's giddy as a schoolgirl too, what they're talking about doing is going back and amending that bill. They're not talking about amending a bill that Biden signed. They're talking about amending a bill that Trump signed. So, so yeah, even though we had a Republican president who was diametrically opposed to everything we're talking about, we're going to go back after he's already signed the bill into law, and we're going to shove in all these liberal pet projects, these, this socialist spending nightmare. We're going to shove it into a bill that he never would have signed when he was president, but now that he's gone, we can amend it after he's gone. 
I hope I'm not losing you because it's really important that you get this. And I don't want to talk down to you. I'm sure a lot of people understand this, but it, this is really deep in the weeds. We're talking about an amendment to an amendment. But Donald Trump never would have signed this. So what's the whole point of having a president of the United States sign a bill into law if once he leaves office during the same fiscal year, you can just go back and override his signature? Well, that's what they're talking about doing. They're talking about putting the Green New Deal in this. Yeah, the Green New Deal. The, the whole thing that cow farts are ruining the planet. Yeah. <laughs> AOC's brainchild. That's kind of redundant, but her brainchild, if she had a brain. They want to put the Green New Deal in this. Donald Trump never would have signed the Green New Deal into law. This is bad faith. This is bad faith. The budget reconciliation process is supposed to be for what I described. Hey, we set aside this much money. Catastrophe happened in the meantime. We need to raise the budget. And hey, we're not really spending as much as we thought. We're going to lower the budget. This is not good faith. Ramming through gun control, ramming through amnesty, ramming through Green New Deal, increasing taxes. Donald Trump never would have signed that. So they're not making an in good faith effort here. They're trying to take advantage of a situation. They weren't able to get enough seats in the Senate to ram through whatever they want. They fell 10 short. So now they want to change the rules to push through whatever they want. Josh, uh, you can go ahead and put the phone number on. 888-441-1121 is our number. Anyone wants to call in. Yeah, this is in the weeds. This is weed stuff. But you got to dive into the weeds. And here we go. He's typing it. There we go. 888-441-1121. You got to dive into the weeds because this is where... The treason is happening, right? You got, you got to dive down and, and see what they're doing and understand it in order to figure out how to stop it. Like this, they're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They're counting on you not reading Politico because they're not really explaining it everywhere else. They're counting on you not understanding the Budget Act of 1974 or Section 304, right? Or the parliamentarian. They, they want you not even to know the parliamentarian exists. The only time she ever gets talked about is when there's something big like this. Otherwise, everything she does is behind the scenes. They want you to be stupid. And that's not an insult. They want you to be ignorant. Ignorant isn't an insult. Ignorant is just, ignorance is just the absence of education. Yeah, ignorance can be a dig, right? It can be an insult. But until we all learn something, we're all ignorant of it. We are. Until you know what you know, you're ignorant of that truth. So they want you to be ignorant. Because in that ignorance, they can they can basically go rule unchecked. And they know that, that when it comes to budgets, when it comes to things like that, the media only starts talking about it once it's too late to stop it. Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, they always talk about the budget reconciliation after it's already been all signed and approved. They always talk about the appropriations package after it's already left committee. At that point, it's just too late to stop it. It's, it's on its way to the floor. It's too late to stop it. And they, they count on that. So that's why I, I get it. This isn't a sexy topic. It's not nearly as sexy as what we, uh, Joe um, talked about in the first hour. I get that. But stuff like this is very, very important. So I'll remind everyone, hit that share button. Hit the share button. If you're watching on Facebook, people will also see the first hour when you hit the share button. So it's a, it's a two for one. It's a twofer, as they call it. So hit that share button. Give us a thumbs up comment on YouTube. Make sure you give us a thumbs up. Very, very important. Comment is very important. Comment's how we break through the algorithm. And if you haven't already, subscribe and hit the bell for notification. And on DLive, you can follow 
if you if you have lemons to donate, we'll happily accept them. We're about to give away 11 lemon lemons distributing right now to everyone in the comment section. Um, you can also subscribe. So there's follow. Follow is, is basically the followers. You can also subscribe, which I believe it's, it's $5.99 a month. We get 100% of that. And when you subscribe, you get a nice little badge next to your name. Um, it, it, it doesn't give you a whole lot, but it helps support the channel. And if we have 20 subscribers right now, I believe we have five. Once we reach 20 subscribers, we will be able to reach the next level in DLive, which gives us more tools, more, more fun stuff to do with our live stream. So if you can, $5.99, I believe, is, is the price. Um, look into and, and consider subscribing to us on DLive. Okay, so again, our number eight 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 four four one 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 two one. I don't want to. I don't want to lecture at all of you because that's boring. So feel free to call in if you have any questions about budget reconciliation, anything at all. Even we don't have to talk about this for the whole hour. I just want to make sure you guys understand what's happening because n not every backstabbing happens in in the daylight. A lot of it happens in those smoke filled rooms, and it happens in the meetings over the rules. So. Um, so feel free to call in if you have any questions. Uh, Kay, Kay Larray says on DLive, what can we do to stop Schumer in this interpretation? That's why we're running a fax blast. I mean, it, it's, it, you're not going to be able to march on, on Washington, right? It, no one's going to march on Washington for a rule change, a rule interpretation. They're just not. But this is where our fax blast system is uniquely positioned to have an impact. Because as I said, not only the Democrats, but the GOP are counting on your ignorance. They know that if you get wise to what they're doing, you'll be able to put up a stink. You'll be able to get loud. That's what they fear the most. So now that you know what I just explained to you, you have to take action. You have to. You have to take action for all the people going through their life uh, who have no idea what's going on, right? You have to take action for them too. So our fax blast system it allows you to do that very quickly. Yes, it, it ends up being a donation. It helps us run the podcast, run our whole organization, yes. But it also gives you a one-click opportunity to send your fax blast to your, your senators and congressmen all the way up to the entire Congress. One click, sends the message, and it gets into their offices, right? It's guaranteed delivery gets into their offices because it might, might seem like it's no big deal. But if enough people are blowing up the congressional offices complaining about this rule change, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. And it only takes, it doesn't take a ton of people, a few hundred, a few thousand. When you're a member of Congress, if a few hundred people call your, your phone line about something, you presume that there's tens of thousands in your district who feel the same. You have to. So you listen to 100, you listen to 200 people because you know that not everyone who feels passionate actually picks up the phone. So if you participate in our Facts Blast campaign or reach out in other ways, you can be part of the movement that, that stops this. Part of the movement that stops this. So this that, that's basically what's happening. And it's terrifying. It's terrifying because when, when you see what they have lined up and you see how they have taken how, how they've taken their policy proposals and they've revamped them in terms of taxes, in terms of revenue. Right? When you look at illegal aliens, when 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 you see their amnesty proposal and they're saying that in order to get amnesty, you have to pay your back taxes. That's not to get win over Republicans. That's to make that proposal tax related, right? It, it, that's all it takes to get added to the reconciliation bill. They're going to pay their back taxes. They're going to pay a fine to the Internal Revenue Service. Bam, right there, 
they can at least bring it in front of the parliamentarian and say, hey, no, listen, this is about taxes. Yeah, yeah, it's about immigration, but it's also about taxes. I mentioned the gun control, the Green New Deal, taxing businesses for their carbon emissions. It's a tax. You look at Biden's tax increases. That's obviously a tax, right? HR1 is going to be a lot harder, but if they if they tax states, if they tax people to pay for it, then they can they can swoop it right in. Right? So they're building everything up, preparing for it. If it doesn't happen this year, which we want to stop it, they, they're planning on doing this. Like they expected the parliamentarian to say, no, got to wait till next fiscal year. And they say, oh, but then they keep their powder dry and they'd wait till next year. It's coming now. Right. So this, we have to fight now, because if we wait for the, if the rules committee hearing, if we wait until after the subcommittee and the committee hearings and we wait until after the, the first floor votes, it's going to be too late. You've got to get on Congress now, not just your member of Congress, every member of Congress to make sure they understand that they cannot get away with this. They will not be able to catch you or anyone else sleeping. Well, they'll catch a lot of people sleeping, but you're going to get loud to make up the difference. So I kind of just ranted for half an hour <laughs> and, and I, I probably just went through this way too quickly. So again, if anyone has any questions, 888-441-1121 is our number. We're going to talk about a couple I other do things. I thing yeah. for you though. All right. So I've gotten a few phone calls and people are actually calling here and they're like, so is this the line to donate or to go to, uh, to get the newsletter and to send that out? The very thing that you were calling for. And I had explained to a couple people that that's not the case. So if you wouldn't mind telling folks how to get to the fax blast, right? So they know sure. exactly how to get there. Um, I'm just fielding those phone calls, and I just want to make sure people get to the right place. That's fine. So uh, the links are in the description. So I'm going to go ahead and post them into the comment sections as well. Um, so there, boom, Facebook. Let me go into DLive. I hope I'm not too many characters. DLive, there, there you go. And now in YouTube, YouTube's there too. So really, really quickly, um, JMO says, how do the fax blasts work? It, it's simple. Um, depending on what tier it is, that's how many people get the fax blasts. It, it, they're individual fax blasts. You're not being added to a petition. Though I believe we do send a petition afterwards, um, just everyone's name on it. These are individual fax blasts that get sent to individual congressional offices. So the lowest level, if, if you send to your congressperson and your two senators, that's three fax blasts with your name on it pre-written text sent to them. Boom. Um, so it's not like we're not just adding you to a petition and sending one list all to all of them. No. Individual faxes sent to your member of Congress or your senators, whoever you choose. Um, but it's a good question. We don't talk about the fax blast system that often um, because it, 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 some days it's the same topic as the podcast. Some days it isn't. Um, but that is primarily what helps us keep the lights on in the organization. Um, so if you want to donate, but you also want to have your donation affect change, the way you do that is by signing up for our email newsletter. Very important. That link is in the description where you can go to conservative-daily.com, hit the subscribe button. I believe also if you sign up for our live stream on conservative-daily.com, that the sign up for an account also subscribes you. Um, but you can also you can be redundant. It's okay. And then you'll get those daily emails. You don't have to participate every day. We don't expect everyone to participate every day. But every single day, we highlight something that's really, really important that either the media isn't covering or they're not covering enough of, or they're covering it's just really important to take action anyway. And we put it in inboxes and give everyone an ability to, uh, to affect that change. And again, I understand everyone's really busy, which is why we designed the Facts Blast system the way it is. 
what you, you click, boom, done. Go about your day. You just helped affect change. So I'm, I'm done with the sales pitch. <laughs> but uh, yes, that is uh, basically in a nutshell how the FaxBlast system works. And we do make sure that they are all delivered. Um, so yes, you, you will receive a receipt as well. So our number 888-441-1121. Um, a, a couple of other things I want to get to. You everyone see what's happening with Georgia? So Major League Baseball moved the All-Star game. Josh, I know you're you're excited about this, living in Denver. They've moved it from Atlanta to Denver. Which is a weird move. I mean... It's a very strange move. It's a very strange... Why would you send the game to one of the biggest, I mean, for lack of a better word, Democrat-run states in all of the Union? Let's call right. it spade a spade. They're, they're sending it to one of the whitest states in the country. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that too. I mean, they harmed a lot of people in Atlanta yeah. who are African-American with this. A lot of people of color. Those businesses are going to be color. really hurt, man. Uh, all those bars yeah. that would have been open, the restaurants, mm-hmm. the, the the driving services, you know, everything that would have mm-hmm. been going on out there that is, you know, anybody that was in downtown Atlanta was looking forward to that. And now we've got everybody here licking their lips like, yay, we're going to get all this money. And again, Dims helping out Dims is what it feels like. But what do I know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so go to my screen. This is how Fox report, reported it. Um, woke MLB is is uh, moving the All Star Game from fifty one percent black Atlanta to seventy six percent white Denver. I didn't realize <laughs> so the, the stats were that that skewed. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah. No, there are a lot of Hispanic people who live in Denver. That's true, but there Denver is seventy six percent white. So they are fighting Jim Crow by hurting black owned businesses in Atlanta. And giving that revenue to white businesses in Denver. Also, aren't the voting laws here just a little more stricter than in yes. Georgia? So it's like, yes. what, what what foot are they standing on then for the argument so, they're making about restriction and all that stuff? So Colorado does have universal mail-in ballots. If, if you live in Colorado, you get a mail-in ballot sent to you. You don't have to use it. You can vote in person. But everyone gets a ballot. So that's, I guess, check one on the leftist column. But... The voter ID requirement in Colorado is actually going to be stricter than than Georgia. In Georgia, if you cannot afford an ID, the Georgia, the state of Georgia will pay for your ID. So that whole argument, oh, oh, oh black people can't get their IDs because they can't afford it. Well, in this case, Georgia has already said, no, we're not going to, that's not going to fly. Here's a free license. If you can't afford it, if you qualify, here's a free license. Um, <laughs> Colorado doesn't have that. So right there, right there. Colorado's voter ID law is much stricter, much stricter, using the left's language, much stricter than than Georgia. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And we talked about this on the show yesterday. Major League Baseball headquartered in New York. New York has less early voting days than Georgia. They don't seem all that concerned about New York. Stacey Abrams was in New Jersey criticizing the early voting changes. New Jersey has less early voting laws than Georgia. They don't care. This is why they're mad. They they were able to change the laws in Georgia in 2020 to increase their turnout. We talked about the 2020 election in the first hour. I'm going to couch the language to make sure we don't get taken down. They, they did this to increase their turnout. And they knew that if they could increase their turnout, they would win. Now that the pandemic is coming to an end, 
even even the the leftist experts say, no, you can't ignore herd, herd immunity. We just can't go on like this forever. They can't just claim that we need a drop box on every corner. They can't claim that. So in Georgia, there were never drop boxes. In I believe it was Atlanta, they had 90 some odd drop boxes last year, or last year for the election. Atlanta, 90, I think it was 94 drop boxes, give or take. There was nothing in the law that said you could have drop boxes. And we showed videos in Philadelphia uh, right after the election, really sketchy videos of people walking up to these drop boxes and just putting ballot after ballot after ballot. And yeah, ballot harvesting is very illegal. Very, very, very illegal to ballot harvest in Philadelphia, also to ballot harvest in Georgia. So they had all these all these uh, drop boxes with no one really watching them. And as, as there's a lot of reporting now, the chain of custody information is, is noticeably missing, or at least hasn't been provided. Let, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. It's not necessarily missing. It's just the investigators haven't received it yet. Let's assume it's somewhere. Well, what the Georgia election law change does is it says, okay, yeah, we're going to still have drop boxes. Drop box is fine, but they have to be indoors. They have to be under surveillance. And they have to be closed down outside of business hours, so you can't just stuff the ballot box with ballots when no one's looking. Democrats are crying foul. They're screaming, oh, Jim Crow, Jim Crow. Well, no, that this is infinitely better than 2019 Georgia law. So you weren't calling Georgia law in 2019 Jim Crow. You got everything you demanded for 2020. Now the GOP is saying, okay, let's scale this back a little bit. Yeah, you're still going to get some of what you want with the drop boxes, but not as many. That's ridiculous. We can't we can't keep track of that many. And then we're going to say, oh, it's Jim Crow. Oh, Jim Crow. Jim Crow, Jim Crow. Or, or as Joe Biden says, Jim Eagle. Jim Eagle. So it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And then, he, again, you look at other Democrat states and you're like, well, wait a minute. Why aren't, why aren't they complaining about New York? Why don't they complain about Massachusetts that has less early voting days than Georgia now? No, because it's not actually about early voting days. I say this time after time on the po- on the podcast. Ends justify the means politics. That's what Democrats believe in. It doesn't matter how you get there as long as their policy wins the day. Right? These are the same people who say Roe v. Wade, law of the land. Well, how was Roe v. Wade decided? Roe v. Wade was decided on an interpretation of the Fourth Amendment that you have the right to privacy. You have the right to to basically be secure in your papers. And that includes medical papers. And the government has no right to intervene in a conversation between you and your doctor. That's your private medical papers. So there, yeah, Roe v. Wade, medical privacy. It's between you and your doctor. Government has no right. Those same people say vaccine passports. Forget the medical privacy. Share your share your medical records with the government. The government has a right to be intimately knowledgeable on your medical records. See, you, you can't square the circle. You can't mesh that. It's hypo- it's hypocrisy. But they don't care because they don't actually believe in in the underlying constitutional arguments, the underlying laws. They don't actually believe in that. They just say we want to get here. How do we get there? Okay, we get here through this way. Oh, but that's going to prove the other way is hypocritical. Doesn't matter. We'll just opiate for the masses. They'll forget it. They're counting again. They're counting on your ignorance. That the same people shouting from the rooftops, freedom, uh, <laughs> medical privacy for abortion rights, say you should have no medical privacy for your vaccine history. It just makes no sense. So, yeah, of course, you see Delta Airlines saying that it is Jim Crow 
to show an ID to vote, but not Jim Crow to, to show an ID to board a Delta flight. I mean, it's just, it's so obvious. It's so clear. What, how stupid do they think we are? Coca-Cola says, oh, it's, it's Jim Crow. Jim Crow to, uh, to show ID to vote. Well, you cannot attend a Coca-Cola shareholders meeting without showing your ID. Is that Jim Crow too? Hashtag Coca-Cola is Jim Crow. No, I mean, it's just so stupid. And, and and they just throw it at you. They throw the idiot, the stupidity at you. And they know that by the time people like me or others are able to stand up and say, wait, what? This is so stupid. The media cycle's already changed and gone to another topic. Right? They, they, they pound it, pound it, pound it. They, oh, it's Jim Crow, Jim Crow, Jim Crow. You saw, we show Chris Christie on a Stephanopoulos' show. He finally says that. They were so quick. They, they got rid of that. And I bet you as more people start talking about this, they're going to stop discussing this in terms of Jim Crow. Right? Donald Trump last year, again, whether you like the vaccine or don't, I don't care. Donald Trump last year said we will have every American, va- every American adult who wants a vaccine will be able to get one by April of 2021. The mainstream media called him a liar. They called him a liar. And here Joe Biden says every American is going to have access to a vaccine by April 19th, and they call him a saint. How does that work? I'm going to try and find it. How does that work that you can just just call Trump a liar for predicting it? They say, oh, without evidence, Donald Trump predicted that that you would have a vaccine by the end of April without evidence. But Joe Biden just takes... The Trump playbook. And yet, listen, Joe Biden's vaccine rollout, his own administration admits 90% the same as Donald Trump's. They've made some changes, but that's not to get rid of things. That's just making adjustments. 90% of of Joe Biden's vaccine rollout is the same as Donald Trump's. So, of course, he has the same reaction. Come on. Come on. They they think you're stupid. But by the time you actually can circle back, again, Jen Psaki, circle back. By the time you can circle back, they've moved on. The mainstream media, the, the news cycle has moved on. They're on a different topic. They're on a different topic. So you can't even fight them because the people that just lied to you have changed the topic. Yeah, I, I do that sometimes to people, right? People call in, they want to talk about something. And I say, listen, we're just not talking about that. Or Josh tells them, listen, we're not talking about that topic. Um, call in another time which I get it. It can be frustrating. But if we're on a roll talking about something, we don't necessarily always want to change to some other topic. But that's what the media does to hide their own lies. CNN is not fact-checking itself. They're not going to fact-check. Why would they? Why would? Of course they're not going to do that. <laughs> New York Times isn't going to fact-check itself. Washington Post will not fact-check itself. How about this? How about this story? Put up my screen, Mr. Producer. Joe Biden's DHS may restart border wall construction. They've realized that the border wall is so important and that they're being overrun and that the idea of just funneling illegal aliens into a gap is insanity. When you have a hundred yard gap. Well, no, the only thing that happens is they just walk to the end of the wall. Illegal aliens make a hard left or a hard right turn and enter United States soil. You got to fill the gaps. So now DHS is actually talking about finishing the border wall. Well, what about Joe Biden? Joe Biden said it was immoral. Where's, where's the, the press taking him to task? There are 
more kids in cages under Biden than there ever were under Trump. But they're not cages. They're temporary holding facilities. They're soft-sided structures. They're tents. Trump said it was a tent. They called it, for Trump, a tent city. Under Biden, they're soft-sided structures. Under Trump, it was it was an internment camp. <laughs> yeah, really, seriously. Under Biden, it's just a holding facility. The media, Joe says it, the media are liars. And it's true. But because they control the narrative, because they control the news cycle, they can hide and bury their own lies. Which is why I'm so in, uh, so enthused, so happy about the fact that Project Veritas recently won their New York State Supreme Court hearing against the New York Times. The New York Times tried to d dismiss defamation case. I highly recommend you watch the Project Veritas video. Very, very compelling. They, they show the parts of the ruling. Uh, to put it in a nice little package, basically the New York Times went after Project Veritas for their Minnesota voter fraud videos. Remember the ballot harvesting? The New York Times said, made completely factually inaccurate statements, like saying that no one appeared on camera using their real name, which is just not true. Like you watch the video, it's people use their real name, but also saying that it was manufactured, it was a coordinated um, smear campaign, those leftist terms. So the New York Times, Project Veritas sued the New York Times for defamation. New York Times tried to get it dismissed. It's very hard to sue a, um, a newspaper for libel or defamation because they have many, many protections. So it went all the way up to the New York State Supreme Court, and the New York State Supreme Court judge who heard it ruled on behalf of Project Veritas. So now Project Veritas will get to de depose New York Times employees. We'll get to dive into their notes, to look into their servers, to see timestamps of, of what they wrote and when they wrote it, what they watched and when they watched it, the communications, the emails between writer and editor and, and staff. We'll be able to do all of that. But the thing that was I loved about it, and we're almost out of the, our second hour, which is crazy. But the thing I loved about this was that the New York Times, the New York Times cited Wikipedia. So <laughs> in attacking Project Veritas, the New York, Times, New York Times said that Project Veritas could never sue for libel because they've done so many horrible things in the past that it's, it's reasonable for someone to presume that they're, uh, they're full of it. Right. <laughs> if the New York Times says that they manufacture and they, and they deceptively edit videos, it's OK to say that because they've done it so many times that it's reasonable to say. Well, the New York Times cited Wikipedia as that you can't even cite Wikipedia in a middle school book report. You will get an F. You will get failed by your teachers. Now, maybe you have bad teachers that let you cite it. I don't know. Anyone who doesn't know, Wikipedia is a very unreliable source. It's good for background information if you want to learn about something and, and, and become more knowledgeable. But the facts are always changing because people can edit. And a lot of those edits have political leanings. Whenever there's someone in the news for some political purpose, there's always a war between the moderators on what it should say, pro or anti, right? You can't cite Wikipedia because Wikipedia can change in a moment. It's, it's just it's not like a regular encyclopedia. So, yeah, you'd be laughed out of an English class citing Wikipedia. You wouldn't be able to get away with it in high school. You definitely wouldn't be able to get away in college. But the New York Times cited Wikipedia to, to try to convince a judge, a New York Supreme Court judge, that <laughs> Project Veritas is terrible. Near, the judge threw that out. They also said that it's reasonable to call them 
names because so many other media outlets have done it. Right. And, and, and they cited to their credit, they cited a bunch of different media outlets criticizing Project Veritas. Well, I love the line from the judge. The judge says polling does not determine facts just because other media outlets say it doesn't mean it's a fact. And then the New York Times tried to say, oh, this is opinion. Well, no, you cannot inject opinion into a news article. If you want to have someone's opinion, then present it as opinion. But this was presented as hard news. So yeah, obviously, there's always some opinion in hard news based on what words you choose and the like. But they're trying to say, oh, we, well, this is our opinion. And the judge laughed at them, laughed it out. So yeah, now Project Veritas will get to sue the New York Times, will get to dive into, get to dive into their books, dive into all their records, depose them. And I believe it's only the eighth time that a, a defamation lawsuit or any lawsuit like that has ever been allowed to continue against the New York Times or any or any um, big media organization in New York. Only the eighth time. So this is a big deal. It's a big, big deal. I, I expect the New York Times to try and settle because the idea of James O'Keefe being able to just to go through New York Times emails, because it's not just you have to show me the emails are relevant. You have to show me all of your emails from this time frame. They're not going to let James O'Keefe just walk through their emails. No way. So I expect them to settle. Or maybe they they think they can win it. Who knows? But that, that's a very, very important case. We're going we're gonna to pay attention. Again, not a sexy topic. I get that. Not a sexy topic. But important to understand, important to learn about, important to share. Listen, just because it's not sexy and, and not star-studded and, and not really cool to talk about doesn't mean it isn't important which is something we've always done on this show. We've, we've made sure that we tell you the important stuff. And it's not always going to be the most popular or the most exciting topic, but it, it still is important to know. Um, so yeah, so if you like this, make sure that you subscribe. Uh, donate. If you, if you like this content, if you like our interviews, please consider donating, joining our fax, uh, our email list, participating in our fax blast, donating lemons, subscribing on DLive. Uh, if you like this content, you want to see more of it, please consider donating and helping us expand because yeah, Joe's talking about bringing on more shows that that costs money. People, people say they want me going live two or three times a day. I'd love to, but that's, there's expenses, right? So consider donating, considering joining up and, and helping us grow because we want to grow and we have plans to grow. But as we always say, we can't do it without you. So we're up against the heartbreak. This second hour went so damn fast. This is one of those days where I wish we had three hours. But uh, again, I know we, we start the third hour. I wouldn't have enough content. I'd just be rambling. <laughs> so that's going to be it for this edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. If you like the podcast, please do like and follow our Facebook page. Subscribe, hit the bell for notification on, the, on YouTube and follow and consider subscribing on DLive as well. Again, subscribing, it's, a, I believe, a $5.99 fee. All of that goes directly to us, helps support the show. Um, you get a nice little badge next to your name. If you do it for three months in a row, your text is a different color. Uh, not a ton, but if we get to that next tier, that next tier of uh, the, the, whatever's after affiliate, whatever's the next tier up in DLive, then we're able to start having private chat rooms and giving more privileges and rights to people who are supporters of the show. So please consider subscribing on DLive if you can swing it. Um, if you like the show and can't always watch us live, make sure you subscribe to the audio version of the podcast. That is... Apple, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Podbean. 
We go live Monday through Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern, so please do make sure you subscribe to an audio version. If you have an iPhone, an iPad, a MacBook, use do the Apple Podcast and give us a five-star review if you haven't already. Very, very important. I want to apologize. It's a little spacey. I have a migraine today, and I have all these lights around me so I don't look bad. <laughs> so I do apologize if I'm a little spacey. I'm rambling. I'm trying to get through this with a migraine. Um, I hope that I was intelligible and I was able to explain things in a, in a detailed way. Um, so that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. Make sure you check out all of the links in the description. Support Mike Lindell at MyPill. Use our promo code CD21. Do all of that. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Joe had to bounce early. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country isn't over yet. But the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.